Welcome to Vox Vomitus, also known as Word Vomit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Vox Vomitus. I am your host, Jennifer Ann Gordon, the author of the Kindle Award-winning novel, Beautiful, Frightening, and Silent, as well as Pretty Ugly and the Hotel series. Joining me today, as always, is my Vox Vomitus vixen, Allison Martine, author of The Bourbon Books, which includes dibs since September, Move on Melinda and Climb the Salmon Ladder. Joining us today, we are very excited to have him here. He has been a friend and fan of our show since day one. Um, Finally, the stars aligned. (laughs) He had a book come out yesterday. We have the one, the only, Terry Shepard, author of the Jessica Ramirez thrillers, including, as of yesterday, Chasing Karma. Welcome, Terry. Hello, Terry. Thank you. Now my, you already now have I people saying hello. The bucket list. The bucket Great. list. Good. Bucket list. Um, I will say, Terry is a huge fan of our show, and he never gets to watch us live because this is his date night. Yeah. You're seeking date bedtime. night for this? Yeah. yeah, for 45 years, I've only missed about six Wednesdays. Um, we we stop everything at five and all my contracts, mm-hmm. corporate life. I said I don't travel on Wednesdays, five o'clock. I become the guy that won her in the first place. Oh, Never I love that. I yeah. um, Maybe you should be the one writing romances instead of me. Like, wow. that's not romance. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Terry, um, we're going to talk about the Jessica Ramirez thrillers, but I have to brag about you for a couple minutes. He and I uh, took a writing session last summer, two summers ago. I don't even know. And you wrote like a very short but beautiful essay about the first time you saw your wife Mm. and what she was wearing. And I just remember I had tears in my eyes. I thought, it was so romantic and the way you talk about her. Um, yeah, I agreed with Allison. I was like, you should be writing a little bit of romance, but instead you've got Jessica yeah. Ramirez having a, a very difficult time of personal relationships. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, people love it when you, you know, you run your protagonist up a tree that they can't get down from. And then you start throwing hand grenades at them to try and <laughs> knock them out. And, I love writing myself into a corner in every chapter and then figure out how in the heck am I going to get out of this mess? <laughs> you like relationship hand grenades. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, you do, you do the worst to Jessica, not just in terms of things happening to her physically and mentally, but then emotionally too. So these are like all the hand grenades going her way. And I mean, it makes for good reading, but it's not exactly. Yeah. She's definitely wrong. Right. She's, she's, um, the challenge that she has is that she, that she really has a strong moral compass and wants to do the right thing when everybody else is telling her not to. And that always leads to the adventure stuff. Um, but it also puts her in a position, a lot of pain. And she, um, she's discovering the things that we all discover in life, you know, that what we think the outcomes will be of our actions aren't necessarily what they are. So in Vega, you know, she was thinking, I'm finally going to get to get rid of this bad, bad killer. But when she does, she just feels empty. She understands that revenge isn't ever what you think it is. And, you know, she's also a very strong person. So in her relationship with Michael Wright, the FBI guy, he's always, you know, he's a traditional male and wants yeah, to protect her. I love how you her. say that. Traditional. And she's not, just, not really yeah, a good thing in how he's behaving. 
She's she doesn't I, want any part of it. Yeah, don't follow I me. Know. I know she, what I'm doing. Don't follow me. Don't boss me around. Don't try to protect me. I'm not yeah. I'm not like your precious little dolly on a shelf. Like, let me make every bad choice I can possibly make. <laughs> she does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have she to has say, a sidekick who encourages her. So yeah, yeah she really kind of does. I mean, the two of them together are not exactly they're not really oil and water. It's more like oil and something combustible like a flame. Yeah. That see, I, that was the I issue. I kind of shipped them. Like <laughs> if I'm gonna I was like, if she's not gonna end up with Michael in the long run, because who knows? It's a whole series. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think she has a lot of natural chemistry with her her partner. Allie. Allie. Yeah, but well, there she, is she's not an elephant. Yeah. But close there's enough. A, like, oh, a, Allie? Oh, not me. One of the favorite scenes that was very fun for me to write was there's a big blow up at her family house when Michael basically in, in, insinuates himself into a situation with her there. Yeah. And she runs out. And um, Allie was no help. Allie keeps throwing like, you know, gasoline on the fire during the conversation. Oh, she really was. I have to yeah. say my favorite part of that scene, and this is a, a non-spoilery scene from uh, Chasing Karma, is Michael is the perfect guy to impress her very traditional family down to his absolutely perfect pronunciations of Spanish, of which poor Jessica yeah. is like, oh my God, did he learn these phrases (laughs) and practice them and i i was just laughing hysterically because i feel like we've all been on those dates or had those significant others that you're like stop kissing my mom's ass (laughs) yeah like stop it (laughs) and don't well the moment in that scene that (laughs) just floored me that and i don't even know where this stuff comes from i'm you guys I'm, I'm sure it's the same way with you. A lot of this stuff just comes through you is you get it. You get a real chance to see how much Jess and Allie care about each other. And Allie, of course, is a flaming, unrepentant, proud uh, lesbian. And, um, you know, she's always saying that she's always saying to Jess, look, if you just would open up your mind a little bit, we could have a really cool relationship. <laughs> you know, and I will say Jess realizes that. that. Yeah. yeah, like may- maybe, um, you know, I have, I have a book that's out on sub that I can't really talk about very much, but I do have two like female best friend characters. And there is, I laughed during that part because there's a, a moment towards the beginning of my, my secret book where they look at each other and go, you know, things would be so much better if we were lesbians. Like it would just... <laughs> yes. We could share on rent. We could get a family cell phone plan. You know, we get along more. We get along with other people. It's, it's, you know, if you can get past the gender stuff, relationships are relationships. And, you know, they can, they can last. It's just, um, you know, we live in a world, there's a lot of judgmental people. And that's one of the reasons I love writing the Jess stories because I take, in the ensemble cast, I take a lot of non-traditional folks and put them in hero positions where they get to do really cool stuff that you wouldn't expect that those folks would, would be able to do. The guy who still gets the most mail is Joey, the the um, the medical examiner, Allison, in book one, who's on the autism spectrum. And I base him on the son of a very good friend of mine um, who has Asperger's. And so I I watched him grow up and he was one of several people that I used as a technical consultant for that 
Yeah. He's like, I'll show you if this is correct or not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's great, wrong, you know. I remember when he was 11, when AOL Messenger was still a thing, we would be up till 11 or midnight at night, every night, just talking back and forth about computers and stuff. And he's a great, great guy, a fantastic husband, great dad. And, um, but there's, you know, there is this social kind of barrier that, that they just can't act like we think they would, that would be, would be normal. Everything's in there. All the brains, all the heart is in there, but they can't translate it. And what you saw in Vega is that Joey just would sit there when these things would be going down and the sheriff would finally ask him, okay, Joey, what's going on? And he would say, okay, that thing you're looking for, I have it right here. You know, I told you the security of this place sucked. You didn't believe me. So I took the thing home and said, when they came and stole it, they stole a, you know, a copy I left around. So he's very smart. He just left stuff, important stuff lying around and he didn't listen. Yeah. Yeah. But, but <laughs> well, it's the wonderful do thing I do, about. Which is you hide, you hide the things that are important so you, that nobody gets them, but then you don't remember where they left them. That's my problem. Cause then it's like, oh, I've See, been it I so to, well. I'll never find it. I got to do that in a story. That's a, that's a great plot point, Allison. Thank you. See, this has already been lose, like super, super helpful stuff. for me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just getting old and then I hide things from my kids so that they don't get a hold of them. And then I'm like, I had this important thing. I don't know where it is. I don't well, even know what it is anymore. Yeah. Allison and I were chatting yesterday because I got a new computer and I, we, I had to do that day long <laughs> process of going, what is my password for all of these different sites? Right. And oh, basically having to reset my password for everything. And then of course it always pops up with like, you can't use a password you've already used. And I'm like, well, good. Oh, if I would have known that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Mine do the same thing. But I know that part of it is some of them, I especially have it with my insurance company, which I know is also a bank, but I don't use any banking from them. And they require this ridiculous five-step login every single time where I'm like, I just want to pay my bill. If somebody else really wants to pay my bill, please let them. If someone wants to hack this and go ahead and pay my insurance bill, they have carte blanche to pay my insurance bill whenever they want. But me, no, I can never do it. Every time. See, this could work. We should just like take a transcript of this show and turn it into a story. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about that as I've listened to some of your, your banter back and forth and other shows. I'm thinking these two but would be great somebody, buddy cops. You need to have somebody then transcript, like do the transcription of all of our bodily movements. Cause we've had guests come on who did not know that we are on video as well. Like they only have listened to us. So they don't know all the ridiculous things we are doing in front of the TV, like in front of the TV screen, if for lack of a better term, in front of yeah. the, the computer. And we're like, we're doing hand puppets. Did you get like the, the hand, puppets, we do hand there? puppets? The time we have props, the time <laughs> when I'm like, this? oh, I, I do have to look at the computer screen and I'm like, I can't I see. And Jennifer without her glasses. Zoom like, in. Yeah. <laughs> what and that's why I'm usually the one of... who has to read comments. Like Marie well, saying trying... that we should be buddy cops. Yep, Marie, neither one of us should be Marie, anywhere near oh the my criminal gosh. justice I love Marie. There's some reason I'm Marie not a lawyer. Marie is a fantastic over. writer. Oh, my Marie, God. Marie's she's like... been a guest on our show. She's spectacular. I love you, Marie. Oh, her Marie's skills are Dark off the charts. Yeah, read um, Dark Obsessions, and then don't, don't you won't sleep for a week, but it'll be totally sleep. worth it. Marie, um, that's not even my genre. Last night. Oh, I was going to say... Speaking of buddy cops, I had like one of those, Terry, I'm sure you do this. I know Allison has done it, like where you just get in your head and you're just like, writing is so daunting and hard and weird and I love it. And it's like midnight last night and I'm like literally looking up like criminal justice programs. And I'm like, should I become a detective? I told you no. You know, no. Allison's yeah. like, no, you just want to write about detectives. No, you don't, don't actually want to know. No. And then in, in the morning, I woke up and you're like, 
I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't want to actually be a police officer. No. At like the age of 40, blah, 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 in bad shape. (laughs) You're in better shape than I am. You could at least probably do the physical aspect where I'd be like, I hurt my back. I can't do this. You guys should get um, over the wall. You need to have Shoshona Friedman on your show, SM Friedman. She, because she was a PI before she became uh, a writer. And she was a PI when she was young. She didn't even, that's not even her background. She didn't, she didn't study to be that. She didn't study for law enforcement or anything. She just thought, well, maybe I should be a PI for a while. And <laughs> How do you just stumble into that? Jessica yeah, Jones, you got your tools and your yeah, camera. Yeah, exactly. She's like Jessica Jones. A bad attitude. That's all you need. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Um, but she, so, she, she's another great writer. One of my faves. Yeah. Terry, um, you write in other genres besides your Jessica Ramirez thrillers, but um, that seems like where you're the most passionate. You're very involved in like the crime community, crime writing community. I should, sorry. Uh, Terry's a very famous crime boss in Florida. No. Um, so is, is like the, the crime writing community and the crime genre your favorite thing to read and write or... Um, Is it just because, like, the community is the coolest? um, I really hate to make generalizations, but the crime crime people were the ones that kept telling me not to quit. And I would not be, if if it weren't for people like Marie and Donna Wilberg, um, and um, there's several others, you know, they they show up. It's like paranormal how they show up. They show up in my... (laughs) My That's chat and say, community. how's it going? How's it going? <laughs> right when I'm getting to say, screw this, I'm done doing this. You know, I'll know. just go back to showbiz. And and they say, keep going. You can do this. You're a great writer. And I, I read it and I say, I think this sucks. And they say, no, it doesn't. You just keep going. Keep going. No, and no, so that's, not. you know, three books and two Jess short stories, three Jess short stories. going to be four. I got, uh, um, I'm in an anthology. Jess appears in the... Um, Dallas Sisters and Crimes Dallas anthology. Donna Wilberg's in that too, and then I'm just um, I'm working on another one for her that I, I got it. I'm actually part. This is a weird story, but I'm, I was part of the Moderna trial, so I was at a uh, research facility for for where they were looking over me every thirty days to see if I was going to die from a new shot. Yeah, <laughs> sure. and, for the win. And so you know, I'm always trying to be friendly to the nurses and stuff. And they figured out what I do and they read all the books and they said, you should do a, do a short story about somebody getting murdered in one of our facilities. So I, I wrote like, one. Uh, okay. Like, yeah, what else do you but, need to tell me about what happens here during these trials? What are you putting in? <laughs> I do have the vaccine, right? Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure that, I mean, the, the, the leadership at the place doesn't come out looking very good in this murder. So I'm thinking maybe I better not do that. Um, If you, we had a few months back, uh, you probably watched the show. We had the incredible Simon Stevenson on the show. He wrote um, a book about a serial killer who worked in a hospital called sometimes Sometimes people People Die. die. And we were just like, I never want to go to that hospital. (laughs) And he was a doctor and he's like, yeah, a lot of this is based on like <laughs> yeah. how things really are. You're, You're like, like Simon, were you the drug-addled, incompetent doctor? He's just like, you know, just just read the <laughs> no book. Comment. No I'm comment. I'm glad that no you right now and don't practice medicine currently <laughs> in the state that I live. Thanks a lot, Simon. <laughs> so <laughs> so you Terry, guys think you... of the go ahead. No, no. I have a question you... for you. Go for it. I was gonna I was gonna say 
I've, I've li- watched and listened to so many of your shows. What do you think that authors that are really enjoying their work, and I'm not going to say successful because very few of us ever get to that point where we're Harlan Coben. <laughs> I know, but I'm like, authors what that are enjoying their work, what do they share in common? Yeah, what do they share in common? Oh, I think there is, to me, like, I will say authors that I see having the best time. I'm going to name a couple of them. Josh Mallerman, Sean Cosby. I was going to say Sean Cosby. Um, So those two already have in common uh, hilarious, whiskey. I was going to say booze. Booze. Um, Music. I mean, I don't know. Sean's necessarily playing the music. Josh is often doing the music. I think mm-hmm. they have like an artist's soul. And a lot of times mm-hmm. I always, it, it, we get a lot of these authors who, especially Sean will say, I don't want to say he came from nothing, but he came from a background where he, like nobody, I think they underestimated him. Yeah. And yeah. I think Josh Mallerman has a similar story where like, you know, he talks about how he was couch surfing and homeless in Manhattan and just like playing music and like trying Ooh, to be a rock wonderful. star. I know. Doesn't that sound <laughs> like, great? That's the bad part. Wait. I know. And he's well, another I, Detroit guy. So here we I go. would say they have this appreciation that they are getting to live their dream and just really loving that they get to do this and that people are reading and enjoying their work and whatever accolades or movie deals or combination thereof they get. They aren't just like, oh, great. Now what's next? They're living in each moment and also then reflecting back because I'll see them post on their timelines like, remember when that happened and I didn't know I'd get here and this was so amazing. So there's almost this kind of ability to pull back the camera and see the bigger picture rather than get stuck in the moment. Whereas Jennifer and I will be like 3 a.m. texting each other going, I am miserable because of X, Y, and Z of the current moment. And then it takes the other person to pull the camera back and say, you're not going to criminal justice school tonight, Jennifer. I know. I'm it's like, so much fun to be a depressive. No. I love clinical I, depression. It's just a wonderful, I, wonderful thing. I know. I think that's what we all have in common here. Like <laughs> uh, Medications. Medication. <laughs> Meds. You're um, like, Moderna and Team Lexapro. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We've all gotten the same vaccines. We probably have very similar diagnoses psychologically. Um, no. And I think. I think the authors who are having the best time are the ones who just never fall out of love with writing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, you know, and yeah. I, I love writing more than anything, but then there are days that I'm not as in love with it as I should be. And then I have to remind myself. And this is, you know, one of the reasons why we do the podcast is to constantly be talking to people and getting to share these, like, yeah, sometimes it sucks. But you know what doesn't like what would suck more is not writing. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I think, um, you know, another thing that Jen, that you have in common with my family is that both my wife and my daughter are, have been ballroom dancers. And yeah. <laughs> there is a moment that I see in them that I imagine in you when you've got the dance incorporated as part of you and you're performing and you kind of, leave your body and your soul is above it watching you do your thing yeah. that it's just a zone of beauty yeah. and, and when there's we an analog writers, for that in writing yeah, yeah. and thing, when we right? get there in writers like you said earlier when you were just like i don't know where these ideas come from you know we've all been there where we're just writing and we're like i don't know what's happening or why my character is doing this but i'm gonna follow them yeah. mm-hmm. down this rabbit hole 
and sometimes, sometimes what really pisses me off because sometimes they leave me yeah they leave me somewhere like i in in captain the second book i wrote a fantastic end of the second act you know jessica's hanging from a from a helicopter she realizes that she shot out the turbine it's going to crash and she's about 10 feet above the the um london eye ferris wheel she's got one shot to shoot out the top of the gondola and she lets go right and that's where the chapter ends and then i'm thinking yeah. okay I can't do anything more with this book. This is it. You know, yeah, it's that the was best stuff I've ever written. <laughs> yeah, so like, there's literally only friend. down from there, like gravity bringing her down. That's that's it. There's nothing else you yeah, can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's I, you, know, you find your friends, and they they tell you, you know, you just keep talking to your fellow writers, and something happens, or exactly. you do what Doug Lyle says to do, and that is you write through it, you write around it. You turn and you write something else. You know, you drop See, the whole story and write something else. I, I have a really hard time not being linear with my writing. So if I get to that moment where I'm like, crap, I'm stuck, I kind of have to like let that percolate for a while until all of a sudden it's three in the morning and you wake up and go, oh. You need some drugs that make you ADD. That's what helps me. Is that I can I can shift gears in a second. Can I take drugs for ADD if I don't have ADD? Because I have those in my house too. They're not mine, but we have. Them um, I may have done those recreationally in the past. You have never encouraged me to take any of other people's medication. Just it's been fun. a long time since I have recreationally done. I will say that the antibiotics I was on after. My C. diff after my appendectomy looked an awful lot like a medication I was giving to one of my kids. I'm like, let's make sure I get the right bottle for the right person because I don't need ADD meds and this kid does not need antibiotics. So, yeah. And Jess is totally anti drugs. I mean, she she doesn't even want to take them when she needs them in the hospital. You know, she just doesn't, she's complaining about medication. Yeah. He says, you better give me something for constipation because I'm not putting up with this stuff. I was going to say, um, I don't want to give any hint of a spoiler for uh, Chasing Karma, but she does have some um, intricate and pretty intense uh, hospitalization things. And yeah, yeah she's yeah. just like, she's like, uh, when can I get off the pain pills? And they're just like, you just got she here. Yeah. Yeah. And she didn't she didn't feel good until she's in a bar with her shrink and she sees the guys that beat her up and goes and beats the crap out of them. That's when she starts to feel hey, good again. That's therapy, okay? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And nice. she's, she's trying to understand why she likes it so much. And and um, <laughs> her shrink doesn't know how to help her. But that's the I mean so, part of the it's not really a spoiler, but I mean this is I was trying to figure out when I was constructing karma. What could I possibly do to this woman to take everything away from her? Because she lost, you know, in Vega, you hear that she, her, her father, she was an Olympic swimmer and her father wouldn't lo- let her join the Olympic team. So she became a cop to piss him off. And I mean, that's pretty good. She's in this <laughs> world. <laughs> yeah. Well, but she, she goes in this world of misogynistical men mm-hmm. that hate her. And so she's dealing with that every day. So I'm thinking about what else can I take away? I didn't want to kill off Allie because Allie's like, the one I have to you calm down Allie. because she could take over the store. I mean, she's yeah. she could take the story over. So I decided to take away her face and her memory. And um, she does, doesn't know who she is. And by a horrible accident, they put the wrong face on her. And so she doesn't even look like who she's supposed to be. 
And uh, all she knows is she has one of the interesting pieces of research that I did for this is that I, I studied the three types of memory and it's possible to, to lose, you know, to have amnesia, but remember the stuff that you've been taught. So your reflexes are still good and all these habitual mm-hmm. things that you know how to do. So she's in this bar fight her, her and fight it's like, still right it's there. like Neo, you know, Neo sitting there making all the moves and watching this stuff go on right before him saying, what's happening? And she talks to her shrink and she says, how do I know how to do all this stuff? And the lady says, hey, I'm just glad you know. Um, so you bring up the shrink uh this is something i i mentioned to allison your the shrink's name in this book is asunta sebastian and asunta sebastian is a very good friend of mine (laughs) and also a good friend of yours so when it was just like dr sebastian and she's like you can call me asunta i'm like oh asunta (laughs) and i immediately texted terry i'm just like asunta is in your book and um and does this Susan know she's in your book? Yeah, I had a contest. <laughs> I, I I said name That's the villain. And um two people tied. So they're both Sandra Sullivan, who's another author, is one of is one of them, and she's the uh, doctor, and Asunta's the shrink. So I put them in there, but and there's a lot of Easter eggs in there. I have s- several of my uh, buddies you have from lots of life author and, friends and stuff yeah i've recognized the names i'm just like they're on my bookshelf um <laughs> jim latwell so, was like um, i know <laughs> was was, a, was an ex-boyfriend yeah <laughs> in the story yeah i i loved that it was just like oh no i get he makes a ton of money now blah 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 like it was just um, yeah, he's super successful so so i love um are the Easter eggs just something that are, is in the Jessica Ramirez universe? Do you stick Easter eggs in because you write kids books too? Are yeah, I mean the um, the you know I try and base my characters off of I'm a white guy writing diversity, so I try and immerse myself in the lives of the people that I'm going to be turning into characters, and you know that's a lot more than just saying let's go have Starbucks together and talk about your life. Um, for Jess, Tracy Ruiz, who's the person on whom Jess is based, is a longtime friend. And um, I've written a lot, ridden along with her in the cop car. I've watched her How do her thing. How many times have you been shot at? Well. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> like, Terry's like, here's this one. And then over here. And he's like, weirdly, That's a spoiler. none of those are yeah. on a police write-out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been riding with cops since I was in college. I mean, when I was a a jock. I was working Saturday nights. I got off at midnight and you're too wound up. So I'd go to my friends who worked at the police department and, and I'd, we'd go to bars and bust ID guys and chase down <laughs> drunk drivers and stuff until 3 a.m. when I came down. So I went to out with the cops to try and come down from being on the air. And it's, a, it's a relationship that stuck ever since. Um, Have you ever thought probably, about writing about being a DJ? Because like, actually, I see, yeah, uh, you, you, um, you're on my wavelength. Jennifer, because um, I have a um, I have about a third of a book done entitled Top 40, which is the story of a kid who grows up as a DJ and what happens to him in his career between the 1960s and the 1980s. So he meets is all of these famous people. Memoir. <laughs> there are semi-autobiographical. I would say that it's it's a lot biographical because all the <laughs> stories that I tell in there are true. They've they've happened to my either to me or to friends of mine. And um, you know, I I get their permission and stuff, but and I don't know whether it'll go anywhere. I'm kind of I'm on and off about it. Um 
I'm not quite sure where it's going to end. I know that in the 80s, when everything gets consolidated, the guy's going to get fired and have to reinvent himself. But I'm not sure how to make it super interesting yet. I mean, it's fun. It's fun for people in the biz to read because you say, yeah, I remember that. I remember things like but that. Happening to me. How would people, how would readers go? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you already There's, have a title. Otherwise, be... I would have said the title is Hang the DJ. And that's how it ends. I was thinking video killed the radio star, but that's, Ooh, that's a good one too. Hey, I mean, yeah. we're just trying to make this a thriller. And you're like, no, no, not this one. We're like, yes, this one too. Yeah. Well, like, no, yeah. Do you guys have soundtracks for your books? I mean, I have soundtracks for all the books that I write. Yeah. I mean, every single one of them. I'm getting I, to end. Yeah. I sometimes. do. I do sometimes. Um, depending on like my hotel series, no, because. I mean, yes, just laudanum dream because it's just, just really like laudanum characters. and just like the ghost of a baby crying oh. in the background. Uh, but my yeah. husband is a classical guitarist, and so he made a soundtrack for those books. Oh, nice! That's great. Does he ever oh, play great. them on his Twitch channel? I would listen to that if he did. Oh my God, Roman! If you're listening to this right now, Mr. Producer, be. he's producing. Yeah. Our get back on your Twitch, Hi, Roman. The 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 comparison for me is that when. I was in college. The thing to do with Wizard of Oz was to put Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd on and smoke about three joints and watch Wizard mm-hmm. of Oz. And it's supposedly as the scene changes, the music changes. Yeah. It, and, you know, after three joints, everything lines up. So it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like, you could, I, like I, I could have been playing. Yeah. Cool. Fingers line up. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah uh, the planets line up yep. not that i've ever done anything like that either recreationally but yeah but you know i never made it through the whole movie with pink floyd because i was always ordering pizza about the second joint in i wanted something before the munchkins show up right they're not down. short they're normal height it's 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 uh dorothy that's too tall what's wrong Dorothy's with her a giant yeah yeah she's Cinderella, yeah. Look, we're five two. We would have been just fine with the Munchkins. We're like, look, we can actually see over people's heads. Look at us, we're tall. <laughs> see, that's that I I envy people that are short because you guys can travel. You can do airplanes. You can do buses. You can do all that stuff. I mean, it's so I'll say yeah. anything. You can travel. They allow you to travel. Um, I am five two, except I have no waist at all, and I have the same length legs as my husband, who oh. is five eleven. So you so still don't have leg room anywhere. I you still go. don't have leg room. Yeah, those are great you're, for you're being a Vera Ella. That's what you yeah. are. You're Vera Ella but from I, White Christmas. But I can like ball up on a chair because uh, of the dancing flexibility. <laughs> well, what you you still have there. that? Great. No, not really. Yeah. <laughs> Really. It's been a long pandemic, Terry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that part's true. <laughs> it's been a long pandemic. Um, yeah, Allison and I have become accountability partners, though, too, with not only our writing, mm-hmm. but as of this week, our working out and our stretching. We are like, we are not hibernating really bears anymore. We need <laughs> that to works. Eat yeah. potatoes. I, know. I send my steps that I take to a guy in Texas every night at 11 p.m. So if I'm not at 10,000 by 930, I'm down on the treadmill knocking him out. <laughs> steps in. Yeah. Well, I was ex- I was excited because I usually listen to audiobooks when I work out, which is not necessarily the most inspiring thing, depending on what's happening. But I don't know if you guys saw on the the Golden Globes last night that Natu Natu from RRR won like best original song, which I don't know if you've seen RRR, but it was my favorite movie from last year. That mm-hmm. and everything everywhere all at once. It is like 
all it's like three hours long. So this is a movie you got to watch over several periods of time, but it is the most over the top, amazing musical extravaganza. People are throwing tigers at each other and it is just amazing. But there is like a dance battle in the middle of it. And that's the song that won. I did that on the elliptical this morning and just about died. So maybe that's not like a beginner level song. Someone who's like out of shape and just going and I'm like, get me off. I might fall, but I finished it. And you know, then just hurt. <laughs> I was glad to see this short round got a, got an award. It's good to see him again. Yes, he won. He That's, won, and uh, so and is it pretty much that that whole movie, all the actors involved did really well, and I enjoyed seeing that so much. He came back he from not acting just for that. Yeah. He's a grown up he now, though. Same. He's a grown up. Yeah. Meanwhile, we've not aged at all. That's true. It's How weird. That yeah. That's, yeah. that's magic. That's um, it's because we're writers and we don't see the sun very often. So oh, we, uh, <laughs> the only light we get is from the laptop. Well, and now that like I'm able to access all my medical records online, which I was doing to get back my medical stuff to go like, why am I in the hospital again? No one's really sure what's wrong with me. And it showed that I was like vitamin D deficient. I'm like, well, yeah, I stay inside. Of course, I'm vitamin D deficient. That comes in gummies too. So, Yeah. Did you get the lights? My shrink told me to get the, the full... Uh, spectrum lights for my no i don't have that, special lights that does, does that help with the lights i didn't know it, if that would make it i don't know you need, like, actual i don't know if it's psychosomatic or not it helps helps me i mean i have I um have, i have an yeah. alexa command to say turn on sunshine and it's like the daylight <laughs> it's like, turn on sunshine i love that <laughs> um no i think it does help because i know somebody else who has lights and she swears by them but again who knows? Lights, the only people I know who have that have like pet iguanas. They're for the iguanas. They're not for people. <laughs> just like on their little yeah. setting wrong. I would happily take one because I'm always cold. And so, living They're in so cold. They're yeah. I know. You're like happy little um, So Terry, I, I remember when you were writing Chasing Karma a while back. You got. Did you struggle at all during the writing process of this? Did it go, I want to say, wasn't it going in like one direction? And then you were like, I don't know where it's going. I had to scrap it, start over. Did you have one of those really great writer moments where we're like, "Uh uh-oh. Well, you know, the, the, the thing that was happening to me, and I don't know if this has happened to you, but I, the story wants to start someplace, but it isn't where it's supposed to start. So the story originally started for me. Allison's like, don't yeah. you Okay, I've had that actual conversation with several writers recently because I do, <laughs> I will admit, I beta excessively and certain friends are like, please don't stop. And others are like, you need to stop for your mental health because you are excessively betaing for people. And there are several people who I've had that problem with where they go, I just am not making this opening scene work. And the answer is, this is not the opening scene. It's not the opening scene. And, and that's the problem right. because you get it stuck in your head that the story starts there. But if the story actually shouldn't start there and there's no way to make it start there, then that's just not where it starts. But there's that mental block that you go, but this is how I envision it starting. And it's really hard to overcome. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, that's, um, and I don't, you know, the, I think one of the things that helps me is that, that I don't, I have zero ego c- connected to anything that I create. So I'm, I'm perfect for just about any editor out there. Cause if somebody says this sucks, I'll say, okay, let's get rid of it. You know, you're like, kill all Cut the darlings, out. kill everything I type. Just give me a blank. Yeah. We'll try it again. That's fine. Yeah. But I mean, I don't ever, I don't throw it away. I mean, I save it in Evernote cause you never know when that scene might work somewhere else but right the the karma originally started in portland when 
the cops bust in on the on the dead woman in the story. Okay. There's a there's a scene where the the gal's dead, but I was thinking, I always yeah, think she cinematically. Was gruesomely described, by the way. Yeah, I was trying to channel you, Jen. How did I do? <laughs> really good. Um, I will say, I was at New England Crime Bake the past two years, and two years ago, um, there was like a crime scene investigator there, of course, and she did a breakfast slideshow. Oh my gosh! Says, yeah. and I was oh, like, breakfast. I know. I'm like, why is this taking place when we're eating? That's terrible planning. Because, like, back when and I you, was in law school, we did have forensic people come and, and talk yeah. to us and stuff to try to basically disabuse us of everything we've learned on TV and telling us all of that's nonsense and to learn this before the, all the real cops start yelling at us out there. But yeah. we were doing it in a lecture hall, not over breakfast. Maybe yeah, like, it was, like, like technically like, right after breakfast, but I didn't go to breakfast. And you know, so it's still snacking. people love that. They love <laughs> they sticking it to you like that. Yeah, yeah. way too yeah. much fun. So, um, and the, the medical, I mean, the forensic person was just like, all right, so I'm sorry, everybody who ate eggs earlier, because this one looks like blah. And then like the <laughs> slide comes up and we're like, oh. So I've never been to Crime Bake. Do they have an award for like nastiest, goriest scene? Because they should have that specialty award, like MTV Video Music Awards, where they oh, have yeah, specialty I mean. best kiss, enemies to lovers, all those. They should have that. Can I start giving away extra awards? <laughs> we can start giving extra awards away for our, our fake our boxies. show, The Boxies. <laughs> that we made up. <laughs> and then Kelly Hitchcock's like, thank you, I accept. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> it's a thing now. Yeah, you know, do you find when you're, now that you're, when you watch movies, that you're watching them as a creator and you don't enjoy them as a spectator anymore? I mean, I, when I, I'm always thinking, okay, why did they pick this opening scene? And I'll go, my, I have a grandson who's a Marvel guy. So I'll go to the Marvel movies with him and they're all the same. They're all the same. None of them change. Yeah. But I go, okay, there's the end act one, <laughs> you know. Well, what's, what's funny is they, they do hit their beats pretty well. They do. I don't do it so much with movies, um, but I have been realizing because I've, um, you know, my amazing agent, Paula Mounier, she said, you know, read excessively in the genre that you are currently writing in. So I've read a lot of anywhere from thriller to domestic suspense, to crime, to police procedural, to just mystery, locked room mysteries, cozy mysteries, everything for the past like two years. And I will say, I'm really seeing the beats now. Like when like the major thing happens now, I look down and it's like, and you did it in Chasing Karma. Something amazing happened. And I looked down and I'm like, it's page 100. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and, then and that was unplanned. And that, that was, was totally unplanned. You just put a line right there and you know, just yeah. a little bookmark. Like, and exactly something has to Something huge has to happen mm-hmm. at this moment. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to, um, you know, kind of decipher pacing for different, different yeah. genres, different things. Um, but yeah, it's the like, oh, there's the end of act one. Mm-hmm. Oh, act three. That was weird. Like, oh. <laughs> and well, I, I think just I'm, see it all I'm, as a movie. 
No, and I, and I'm the same way. And I have an easier time watching something like a movie or even a TV show than I do when I'm reading because, especially because I do beta as much as I do, and I've done developmental editing and proofreading for people that I can't ever really turn that off. So it's hard to not to like just sit back and take just as a passive reader versus someone who's expected to give input. And it's a little different when I'm reading and I know I'm going to interview the author because then I'm thinking, oh, I can talk to them about that. So that's at least something mm -hmm. that's engaging my brain. But I do find that if I'm just going to be listening to something or reading, it's easiest if I'm listening to it because then it is as close to a movie and I'm just having somebody talk to me and then I'm less likely to be taking apart the sentence structure or anything like that and going, stop, yeah. put down the highlighter. Just, just listen. Just well, listen, I think just that's enjoy. okay. You know, no, Allison, you're at a point about. now, you should, <laughs> you should, for fun, you should do at least one manuscript without any beta readers and just a, trust a your gut and see what you get. What do you mean? Like me do it without any beta readers? Like yeah, me write just, it? Just not... write, oh no, write I have riots on my hands. Feedback. I have I have riots on my hands for people. I have one right now who's like, "Do you have more?" I'm like, "You know, I've written three hundred words. Are there more?" No, I don't have more yet. That <laughs> they're they're waiting for daily things. Like I'm Charles Dickens in the newspaper, and they're hoping I'm getting more words. So if I stopped that, I would have I would have junkies protesting in the street. You, you should like, try it. It words? feels like they're. I know. I, they're they're driving you and and that's not what it should be it should be oh, you no i don't mean no i beta for other people not yeah, the other way around beta. i'm not oh, okay, i don't okay. have, i'm talking about me i'm always reading for other people so that i'm okay. one of the people that's like, like allison stop reading for all these other people exactly and start just reading for fun she's like or just charge everybody when you do it because i do have i and, do have some that i've that i've done on that level as a developmental editor but other people who are just fellow writers and then you do swaps. And so I'm, I'm doing that, but there are some who I've multiply, you know, done two or three for them and they haven't read for me. So it's like, there's, yeah. there's kind of a, a scale going there, but I enjoy doing it. So I don't really yeah. mind doing that, but then turning that off and saying, okay, this one, no one's asking for your feedback. Just read the book. <laughs> Can I get yeah. my feedback? Anyway? I think like, that's <laughs> hard. I just don't have the patience that, 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 you know, what do we read during the course of the year as podcasters? I maybe read 60, 70 books and it yeah. gets, and for some of them, you pick up the style so quick, you say, okay, I know where this is going. And then you mm -hmm. start flipping, mm -hmm. but that's where you really so appreciate the great okay. writers. This is another Marie Sutro shout out, but I cannot, you know, when, just when you think, and you know how this goes, you're, you're reading along, you're saying, okay, I know where this is going. I'm going to skip a few pages. That's when Marie hits you right between the eyes with some amazing, like Megan Abbott level prose that just blows oh, your mind. Megan you Abbott. Those are the ones I never want to, I don't ever want to have to skim. If I have to skim, it's it's not a good thing because I read quickly enough that I wouldn't skim unless those the text is so dense that my brain's just like, I'm not deciphering what's supposed to happen there. And then I'm just pulling a line here or there. And mm -hmm. I very rarely do that because I will read enough either through eyeballs or through ears that I don't need to do that. But sometimes I do listen to things at a little faster pace just to get some of just narrators are slow. I mean, so. Terry, we would never speed up if you're narrating a book. I'm sure you're a person, uh, Katie. I just hope you would. On point. <laughs> <laughs> are, yeah, are you a yeah. slow talker? Are you giving us William Shatner pauses? Because if you do that, I would, I would, I've done that. Oh the first gosh. time I had to speed one up, there was a guy who would do all these pauses and I was just like the pauses. They are killing my sense. I just stop. Yeah. You got to edit them out. Yeah. I mean, uh, the, I grew up in a, in a family of storytellers and, and I was very lucky in elementary school that our librarian was an absolute, you know, Academy award ish storyteller. So I learned a lot about what 
good storytelling sounds like. And you really are, you're acting, you're, you're taking on those characters. And part of what happens even in dialogue, it's easy to forget when you're writing is that these people are thinking, you know, you're, when you're writing that sentence, they're going to have in the middle of that sentence, a, a revelation. And you have to be able to not only write it so it works, but if you're narrating, you know, you stop in the middle of the sentence because you go, holy crap, I just figured this out, yeah. you know? Oh, well, I know. You can't, and, you can't gloss over it. And, oh, well, and guys I'm, like Scott Brick and, um, you know, Andy Arndt, my two favorites, they are so good at that. I mean, and they can do it cold. We were doing and at um, BoucherCon in Minneapolis. Andy and I were on a panel and we each read a sentence and they gave it to us like out of the blue. We had to read it. And it was as if she'd practiced it for 20 minutes. You got all the nuance and everything when she's reading it cold. And that's, um, that to me is part of the, yeah. I mean, but it's, 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 it's like anything, right? It's like, uh, it's like dancing for you, Jennifer. I mean, the more you do it, the better you get minutes. Exactly. And it's like, you know, um, stretching into it, breathing into a, a line. It's like, you know, what we say in dance, but like I come from a theater background. Uh, that's what I went to school for. I did professional theater. And so when I write, especially when I write dialogue, I end up writing it the way I would do it as an actor. And then mm-hmm. editors and my agents like, you you can't add all of the ums and the, you know, yeah. like take it out because that slows down the reading process. And I'm just like, but that's how they would that's talk. That's how we do it. Mm-hmm. But that's how, so, and yeah. then I'm just like, because when, like, I add them in, because when I'm writing, wh- when I'm, like, editing, I speak it out loud, and I do my stupid accents. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. Uh-huh. And then Good. I'm like, oh, there's another comma here. And then the sentence makes no sense visually or structurally, but then I'm like, but say it out loud. And they're like, but it doesn't And then matter. you stop, you stop at, like, Tubby's over the corner looking at you going, who is that person? Oh, yeah. <laughs> he lost mommy's lost your mind. Oh, no, mommy's lost <laughs> I know he's staring at me right now because he knows like once a week, (laughs) once a week I do this thing where it's just like a light shines at my face and I just talk to no one because he can't hear you guys. Yeah. Have you ever, have you ever shared your books with your shrinks? I always give the first one to to my psychiatrist. (laughs) I don't see anyone anymore. (laughs) Oh my God. I was. I was. Um, it's like having a tax like, preparer. You need to have a psychiatrist. Everybody needs one. You know, pandemic uh, through a lot of things for I, a week there. Yeah. I have um, a very good friend who is a psychotherapist. And when I was using beta readers, she was one of my beta readers always. Yeah. Um, again, because I just wanted to make sure I was getting the nuance of trauma or yeah you know, oh you you write trauma so psychosis. well oh my god i write trauma hurts. really well. i was gonna say i think your genre is just called trauma <laughs> i know when the, i mean yeah. even when like, the knife goes in like when the skin falls off the face i feel like it's falling off of my face too so <laughs> that's how good you are thanks <laughs> um <laughs> i think um i can't see how long we've been going because the 46 middle... we're 46. almost at 47 all right then <laughs> We've gone past. How long should we go? What's what's the rules here? I'm trying to remember. I I get this happens to me when I'm watching. I get lost in the show. That's how you know it's a good show. We don't have rules. We we usually tell guests, oh, anywhere between 35 and 40 ish minutes, and then it's usually ish. So yeah, yeah, we go ish. Um, and but usually, yeah, around 45 is our sweet spot. Um, we did have an episode with Josh Mallerman that cranked in at 
close it to two hours. It, it oh, it's two hours. Wow. It was like an hour. I and can half. see how that would work. Yeah. But we, we were all having had a bottle of bourbon with us. <laughs> so it was just we would get up and go to the bathroom when you needed to. We're like, it's fine. <laughs> it was a Sunday. None of us it had a Sunday. To it was insane. Like by the time we were done, we were all just like, what did we just do? I think but we I spent half the time talking about Bridgerton. Yeah. So we were really yeah, we on talked about Bridgerton. Point. Oh, yeah. We were sure. very much on point on that. Yeah. Um, so, Terry, thank you. So much for You're being very here. You're very welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. I know. Great. We've been so excited to talk to you. Um, everyone, Terry's book came out yesterday, Chasing Karma. It is the third novel in the Jessica Ramirez uh, thriller series. So start at the beginning, work your way up. And Terry's working on lots of things, secret projects, things of, under different names, I was going to say okay. that the website is scrolling below, so follow it there to find yeah, everything there it is. beyond, there beyond is just there. what we can do the shout out. Exactly. And because Maria's we didn't even really get to talk her. about the audio narration that much. Oh, well. Next time. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. that's that. <laughs> and, that was like an unexpected joy to do that. I mean, I did uh, one book for, for my um, friend Donna, and that led to i'm on number 12 right now so it's uh, <laughs> like, oh. amazing it's like the pringles yeah. just one, 12 later many well, books yeah and it's oh, um it. it's much better when they're books that i really like that i can get into i've done a couple which have been like not as good as i expected but um that's that's what our role is after the show which ones those are i know actors yeah as you gotta make, just going, make them sound good. great too yeah. So, Terry, thank you. Everyone who's watching us live, thank you so much. If you're watching us on the replay, thank you as well. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit like and subscribe. Uh, next week, our guest is, I always say her first name wrong. It's Kyla Zhao. Kyla Zhao with the Fraud Squad, which I just like love that title so much because I like rhymes. <laughs> Makes me feel like a rapper. Word up. We are not rappers at all. Nope, that was really bad. <laughs> You're like, no, you. we don't rap. Nope, nope. nope. <laughs> On that sad note, <laughs> thanks again, everyone, and we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye.